Welcome to Woman Up, the Desperate Art Wives podcast series in association with the Women's Art Library. I'm here to talk to Iato, who describes herself as a mum, a citizen scientist, philosopher, activist and writer. Iato is here to talk about racialized motherhood and diasporic motherhood. Hello, welcome. Hello, thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you. I um, spoke to you a little bit about this previously. Yes, indeed. Um, and we had an amazing talk about your ideas around racialized motherhood and diasporic motherhood. Yes. So I would really love it if you could share those ideas, please. Okay. Um, well, it's it's something that I have been exploring now, sort of, and, and thinking through for a while, um, looking at motherhood and all the different influences that come into making a mother, and how um, someone mothers. Um, and their range of influences uh, or bring in the environment around us, our relationships, loads of it. And I thought, actually, some of my experiences, um, there was a sort of different dimension to it that some of the people that um, quite a lot of the people, the vast majority of the people that I know around me don't seem to have. But it's, it's one aspect that um, brings up a range of concerns and issues um, and, and I came up with that term. The first of the two terms that I came up with, um, is racialized motherhood, um, which is very much steeped in, I suppose you could say, um, you know, the, the biggest bit of us, our skin, you know, covers a very huge surface area, doesn't it? It does. Um, and we don't seem to much have very positive conversations about it in societies, sort of an issue of contention, um, usually and mostly. But for me, I think actually there's a lot of beauty in it um, and a lot of things that um, it does sort of bring up in our lives, adds to our life, sometimes takes away from our life, that is worth exploring. And definitely one that actually does impact um, my experience and interaction with mothering and motherhood. Um, and I sort of suspect as well that um, this is true for other people. And I gave you an example um, yesterday, which I would sort of repeat again. And even though at the point when this particular incident happened, um, I, I wasn't thinking of this concept, but I would say that is an example of where you kind of have that um, extra dimension that was very much connected. Actually, it'd be really great if you could repeat that example um, for anybody who's listening. I think it was really useful. Yeah. So this is way back, I think it was in 2016. Um, oh, no, actually, it was in 2014. Um, because I remember still being pregnant. So either 2013, 2014, I might have gotten the years wrong, but it's kind of around that time. I remember being very um, heavily pregnant and sitting on the chair watching the news. And the story of um, Philander Castile came up, um, an African-American um, man who um, I think he was driving and there was um, some problem with one of his taillights and he was stopped by the police and he had his girlfriend and um, his child in the car, I, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, and to cut the long story short, sadly, um, he ended up being killed. Um, and I remember watching that story and just crying my eyes out, sobbing uncontroll uncontrollably, holding onto my um, belly and having my husband consoling me, um, 
And, and I was sort of saying to him, what have we done? Why have we done this? Why are we bringing, you know, a child into this world who might have to deal with all of this um, ignorance in relation to the color of his skin and stereotypes and, and problems that perhaps other people might not necessarily have because of the color of their skin? Um, and I was really distraught, really, really distressed and really upset. You know, what, what have we done? What are we doing? My husband... Um, um, so some of these issues, he sort of comes to it not quite with the same intensity that I come to it. I suppose as a teacher and some of the experiences that I've had um, um, in my life, um, there are issues in relation to skin colour um, and ethnicity that I am perhaps maybe a bit more sensitive to, maybe a lot more sensitive to than he is. And, um, and that's kind of an example of what I'm talking about, you know, concerns and worries, sometimes also joys that come directly as a result of, um, um, you know, your, your skin color and um, how that, how you interact with society because of that and how society interacts with you because of that. And of course, there are other examples. I also, I remember, for example, um, listening to the, to the news where there were um, reporting of knife crimes and, you know, um, and it was another black boy in London um, and feeling really, really worried because, you know, um, because, you know, I, at that point, um, you know, I had a little black boy who was, you know, gradually growing. And um, I kind of, you know, you, you kind of hope and wish that that would never be your story. You think, OK, I don't live in that part of London. Maybe that, you know, keeps me from that. And I'm just trying to make sense and, and survive with the issues that this um, brings. You know, I, I remember being utterly terrified about, you know, when my son um, my, now my daughter might, might sort of come to the realization that when society looks at them um, in this country that, you know, I have chosen to live in, um, that they would see them um, based on the color of their skin. And I, and I used to really worry about, um, you know, when they might sort of come to come to that realization that that they're black and all that that means, um, you know, and they, their steps, things have already happened in that direction, conversations with my son, nothing heavy, um, and, and which have made me think, well, you know, um, when we do come to that point, we will survive and we'll deal with it. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's, it's, a, it's a real issue that I definitely want to uh, be part of talking about more because I, I truly think that the more we talk about our experiences, our concerns, our fears, our joys, um, you know, our, our similarities and our differences, the more we will see actually um, our common humanity. Um, and I think that would go a long way into helping us to um, worry less, be happier more, um, and be part of this um, the large community of human beings that we are, you know, I think yeah. it would lead to more understanding and just more peace for everyone. Do you think that there are spaces um, at the moment where uh, ideas around, you know, motherhood and race can um, be openly talked about? And I don't just mean kind of with academics, but, you know, in, in communities where there are other mothers perhaps with um, who are most certainly having similar experiences to you. Is, is there a space for these discussions? I'm not sure, not sort of um, set spaces that I have come across. Um, indeed, I imagine that you have people who have conversations amongst themselves, you know, so depending on what part of London you might live in, um, you might sort of encounter people that are sort of more like you in terms of, say, the colour of your skin, um, for example, or just your cultural background, um, you know, and in which case people will probably 
you know, sort of share some of their common um, experiences. Um, and, um, and in other parts of London, that's not the case. You know, where I live, not a lot of people, um, sort of, not as many people perhaps live there that look like me as, you know, some other parts of London. Um, and I, I mean, I, I try to be honest in my conversations, you know, so I've had conversations, um, with, with some friends who, um, you know, have a different, should I say, skin color. You, you might notice that I keep referring to skin color, um, is because, um, again, the way I interact with that is perhaps not necessarily uh, steeped in some of the ways that I, I hear people generally talking about it. Um, and, and for me, it's not taboo. Um, or maybe I am trying for it not to be taboo. So I sort of want to um, keep on sort of talking about it. And I, I, like, I like questioning everything and I challenge myself in the way I see things. Um, I'm not necessarily also keen on the word, um, the words black or white, because, you know, I sort of have rarely ever truly come across somebody whose skin color really is black. Or white. Yes. You know, I have come across people who sort of are brown, different shades of dark brown, yeah. um, maybe a bit beigey, pinky, I'm, I'm very, I'm very similar to rich tea biscuit. Um, um, indeed, <laughs> you know, um, and, um, and indeed, one, when the, sort of this talk um, once came up with my son, um, you know, I sort of said to him, I said, well, let's have a look. Then. Let's have a look at, at you know, um, the color of your skin. And I had um, something that was black next to it. And I said, oh, you know, you, you called yourself black. And I said, what color is this? And, and you know, to this thing that I'd shown him and he said black and I said what color are you and then he sort of looked and laughed and said brown mommy brown mommy <laughs> um and and um and I said to him in any case you know I don't look at your eyes and call you the color of your eyes I don't look at the shape of your nose and call all of you the color of your nose why would you look at your skin color and call yourself just that I said is that all that you are he said to me no and I and you know and and so that's kind of how I I I have at this point sort of come to interact with, you know, one of my biggest fears um, so far with, with my son. So hence the reason why you, you sort of, you know, you might notice me using those terms because they're terms that I question and challenge and, and sort, of, um, uh, sort of interact with in a way that is not necessarily as simplistic, perhaps, that I, that I sort of see people reducing it to, you know. Um, and, and I think at this point, perhaps I would link um, the in the second concept now of of di um, diasporic motherhood. So again, in my thinking, my sort of wanderings in my thought, um, um, I sort of again recently thought, yes, racialized motherhood. Sort of looking at that. Um, sometimes that that sort of when when the lens really shines, particularly on how we um, you know sort of mothers engage with what it means to be mothers, um, but with that with the lens of ethnicity with it. Again, you might notice that I don't use you know I don't I'm not keen on using the word race because I think um, if the word race is going to be applied to us human beings, as far as I'm concerned, it's just the human race. That's it. You know I don't you know the idea of having different races doesn't make any sense to me. I think they're different ethnic groups. That's that sort of um, is accurate and is something that I can connect with, but different races, mm, not so much. Um, and um, and I've gone on to um, sort of explore actually also beyond just 
um, sort of skin color, you have the issue of just immigrants in general, you know, or um, or is it immigrants that, you know, whatever way you come to those different terms, again, the different issues associated with them. But, you know, people who move from one country to another yeah, country. And yeah. Indeed. Uh, and um, elements of that as well have uh, sort of come from Iron Bay particular conversation that I had with Amy, um, where Amy... Um, um, sort of chatted with me about her sort of skin color experience um, in a sort of very posh English setting, um, which for me uh, it was very intriguing because I thought, you know, you. I was just sort of quite taken in that she had a skin color um, in quote experience um, where she sort of felt that she wasn't you know as white as other people, and uh, and it was just fascinating because when I look at Amy, well, she's just. Um, well, like any other, I suppose, in quote, um, white women that I sort of, you know, come across. And, and, he, and again, he challenged my thinking, you know. And as I said to you yesterday, sometimes I have wondered that actually some of the things that I have experienced and, and thought that are particular to, um, to my experience of motherhood in terms of uh, my skin color, I have sort of wondered about perhaps other people who do not have um, sort of, you know, whose um, skin color is significantly sort of, you know, different from mine in terms of its shade. Um, I have wondered if maybe, perhaps, maybe they also have, um, you know, um, some of those um, feelings and some of those concerns, perhaps in a different way, maybe to a different measure, perhaps. Um, and, I, and that conversation with Amy was sort of quite um, insightful for me to, and, and he opened another aspect of my thinking to really actually look bigger and think people who come, who move from one country to another country, how they engage with motherhood, you know, and I've heard of stories of people um, because of, um, you know, they don't necessarily speak English or speak English very well. Indeed, I have taught people um, who's, um, you know, their sort of moms, they might, they, they've had to sort of interpret, um, you know, for their moms. And, and again, just thinking now, the experience of motherhood for the moms as a result of that. And it's really huge. Yeah. You know, this has to do with um, sometimes your ability to work, the kind of jobs that you can get, um, the way that you are able to interact with your children. You know, I've had cases where you sort of see this disconnect between child and, and mom or parents because, you know, the child is now has a different culture to that which the yeah. parents come from. And there are a range of issues. Yeah. You know, I've seen families broken, families brought back together as a result of this. And, and it's like, wow, so many stories to tell, so many conversations to have. I've seen this have. in my own community as well. Um, uh, I live in Aldershot in Hampshire. It's, um, there's a large Nepalese community. And um, there have been um, difficulties with, um, with, with parents and, and children from the Nepalese community accessing everything in the schools. Mm. Um, if the schools and the communities are not set up for these diasporic communities, um, then, then there is a disconnect, as you say, which affects the parents, it affects the mothers, it affects the fathers, it affects the children. Indeed. Um, lack of access to after-school clubs, lack of access yeah. to um, outside resources yeah. um, and internal things within the school where information is missed, communication doesn't Indeed. happen. Indeed. Um, how, do you, how do you think is a useful way to start conversations about um, shared experiences across um, different diasporic communities? Ah! <sighs> It's a it's a huge question, huge question. Um, I mean, I'm not sure exactly what the answer to it all is, but for me, um, you know, I'm, one of the steps that I'm planning to take um, is to start writing about this. Um, you know, I'm sort of um, 
I'm planning in the future, hopefully nearer future than later future, um, to to sort of start a blog um, or a site, you know, whatever you want to call it, where I want to start exploring that part of me and the impact it has on motherhood. So me being a mother in diaspora, uh, me knowing motherhood, um, you know, um, as I am, um, sort of as, a, as, as, a, as an African woman, um, you know, within an European context or within even, you know, more specifically an English context um, and, and what that looks like for me. And I'm kind of hoping that, um, you know, I can, I can sort of get, um, as I start talking about it, my own experiences that other people would want to start talking about it. I am sure that conversations are already happening, um, you know, um, in, in sort of different pockets, but it's bringing those conversations more out. And for me, it's not, um, it's very important to me that it doesn't sort of become um, sort of competitive in any way. You know, I don't want an sort of op oppression Olympics kind of conversation. You know, that's very important to me. I also don't want conversation um, or, well, in terms of conversations that I want to be part of or, or lead anyway, I don't want conversations that are kind of steeped within um, um, sort of what I consider to be the quite limiting concept of what some people call white privilege, um, you know. Um, I, it's very important to me that through these conversations that I, our humanity are emphasized and that, um, you know, and that we, we come to recognize that actually, um, the loneliness that perhaps comes, um, as a result of this experiences, the isolation that many end up feeling, um, is not unique to them. You know, that's part of my funda fundamental um, sort of objective, um, that people see that that commonality within the diasporic communities. Yes. And for those who motherhood, is, you know, they are racialized aspect, either partial, you know, to different degrees yeah. um, that they but that it, they also see commonalities with others who do not fit within within that so people within the dominant culture as well you know i am sure that some of these feelings um are common not just within this communities that i've identified but also from people from the outside and my hope is as we talk we will see that actually we are more alike than we realize indeed that was that was part of the conclusion from that conversation with, with Amy for me on that day. You know, the isolation, the loneliness that she experienced within this context. I don't know if she thought about other people experiencing that, um, you know, um, that perhaps were not sort of of Italian origin in an English context. Um, and, and it was just that sort of new understanding that came to light from that conversation with Amy. So for me, it's no point scoring. It's not about putting anybody else down. It's just talking about those experiences. And in talking about them is finding understanding, is sort of knowing more peace, more joy, knowing less isolation, less loneliness, knowing that you're not alone in what is happening to you. And it's okay. Thank you. Thank you very That's, much for listening. It's been amazing to hear from you. Thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This was Woman Up, a podcast series by Desperate Art Wives.